0: It's a warm yellow glow, a beacon of hope and salvation, inviting the hungry, the lost, the seriously hammered, all across the South to come inside, a place of safety and nourishment. That's how Anthony Bourdain, a famous celebrity chef, has described Waffle House. At this point, it really is an American icon and a classic, though I'm not sure I'd call it a place of safety. Can I get a waffle? Can I please get a waffle? I want more, more than state, more than this town. More than me. And all right, that last clip may have been from SNL, but there is some truth to the satire. Things do get wild at Waffle Houses. Not only have those first two clips become viral and memeable, but it's proven one indisputable fact, don't mess with a Waffle House employee. They will become superheroes, deflect chairs, and embarrass the hell out of you all at the same time. No matter how many fights you've seen, this Waffle House employee has definitely seen more. And sure, this is bound to happen when you're open all night because even delicious breakfast food can't stop drunk people from brawling when they really wanna make a dumb decision. But why is it that Waffle House fights always seem worse somehow? Is it truly just as the employee Haley Booth has said, drunken impatience creates a volatile situation. Sometimes the fights start after racial slurs are used and sometimes they even have horrific endings. Some insist that they're not racially motivated while other arrests have sparked protests and boycotts. One fight allegedly broke out between Kid Rock, his group, and another customer, eventually leading to his arrest. Kid Rock later returned to the area to take part in a charity event, but that incident won't be forgotten. Not even celebrities are able to resist the urge to throw hands at Waffle House, I guess, though, I mean, is Kid Rock really a celebrity anymore? I guess like a D-list or something, anyway. It seems like this goes a bit deeper than drunken impatience. And today on The Corporate Casket, we're going to try and get to the bottom of this. What the hell is going on at Waffle House? They serve more than 200 million customers a year. And since Waffle House is open 24, Waffle House is sometimes the scene of some pretty wild moments late at night in 25 states. But the 24-hour chain and its huge yellow sign many conference, it gets pretty vicious in a Waffle House. Waffle House Wendy recently became an overnight sensation. Oh, you are rolling. Metro Atlanta Waffle House manager accused of using racial slurs against customers of Mexican descent. The federal civil rights lawsuit says it happened when a woman visited the Doraville restaurant. Aside from the delicious waffles and pancakes baked by this chain, discrimination is also allegedly baked right on into Waffle House. Back in 2003, for example, over 50 black customers sued the chain because they were denied service forced to wait for hour long periods and subjected to racial slurs. Even though a third of the company's employees are minorities, this doesn't seem to change the hostile way that black people are treated at the restaurant doors. Why might this be? Well, the thing is Southern states in the US do have a higher rate of bias against black Americans. Racism is alive and well in the Northern states too. It just seems to be more overt in the South, according to firsthand accounts and research on the topic. So naturally, if you've got a chain like Waffle House that's predominantly located in the South, black guests may experience more blatant racism there. Plaintiffs have said that these are not just one-off occasions either, but a matter of patterns and practices, hence the baked in part. One manager, Gant, at a South Carolina Waffle House location testified that he was taught to, quote, minimize his African-American employee and customer base as much as possible, among other things, African-American customers tended to order high food cost, low profit menu items like T-bone steaks. On a night shift, Waffle House could even pull items to tell African-American customers that they were out of them. So if Waffle House did this to everyone, then they'd be partaking in deceptive and kind of questionable business practices. Why claim to sell something you don't exactly want to sell, right? That seems a little bit dumb. However, based on Grant's testimony, this was only done to black customers, which makes them racist, not just stupid. Denying someone a T-bone steak might not be criminal, but it's the first red flag of many. Kazinger and Hale, two former employees, also testified in this case, stating that a cook at their Cartersville, Georgia location downright refused to service black and Hispanic customers. Apparently, this cook openly told a black customer, quote, I cook for Caucasians, I don't cook for N-words." How this cook wasn't fired on the spot is actually quite a mystery to me because that is so wildly offensive and horrible that I'm almost stunned that he had the nerve to say something as gross as that in the first place. Waffle House has seemingly responded to this with, oh, hey, one bad Waffle House doesn't mean all Waffle Houses are bad kind of attitude. And I mean, yeah, I don't think every Waffle House cook is this disgusting and racist, but there have been issues at more than one singular restaurant. This case alone actually lists five different cities and towns in Georgia, plus one in South Carolina. I've never said math is my specialty, but it doesn't take a genius to see a pattern here. There are even lists of these kinds of suits online. So many of them echoing the same complaint. Black people are treated as lesser. In 2001, members of a gospel group were told to leave their seats so white patrons could sit down. The following year, Waffle House refused to serve an interracial couple. Fast forward more than a decade, and it seems like it's only gotten worse as one black couple in 2016 said, a white waitress refused to serve them, and then her father and his motorcyclist friends turned up. The group followed the couple inside, purposefully intimidating them, allegedly flashing weapons. Whether it's the cooks and waitresses just downright ignoring black customers until they leave, insisting black people prepay because of their clothing, but again, not asking white customers to do the same, or using racial slurs to address their black customers, it's pretty clear that Waffle House has some serious problems they need to handle. This isn't only a matter of potentially racist staff being hired either. It comes from the top. In fact, Waffle House has been accused of having discriminatory hiring practices for quite some time now. One former employee, Eric Baker, said that he was unfairly fired because of his disability, that he has seizures. In this case, Baker won in the Supreme Court case against Waffle House, but there are so many suits like that out there. Back in 1984, a white employee was fired purely because she was married to a black man. But all right, Waffle House, one cook doesn't represent all of you. Certainly it's just a few bad eggs, right? How does that saying go? One bad apple spoils the bunch, one bad egg ruins the waffle, maybe? Waffle House is pretty well known for its fights as we saw earlier. And there have been quite a few nasty ones outside their doors, no thanks to the racist, hostile environment that some Waffle Houses allegedly foster. And while this has been happening for quite some time, this started gaining real attention and making national headlines back in 2018, when Waffle House had four racial incidents in just 12 days. People began calling for boycotts, and when you look at these incidents, it's really not hard to see why. This went far beyond a few harsh words, Early on April 22, 2018, a gunman killed four young people of color inside a Tennessee Waffle House. The gunman was white, so questions of this being a racially motivated hate crime are valid, though he has had a long history of mental illness. And the shooter believed that Taylor Swift was stalking him and attempted to trespass into the White House to see Trump before too. Now, I can't say for sure if the gunman simply went to a Waffle House and shot the first people he saw or if it was racially motivated. This certainly harmed the community further given its history of racial tensions as the Washington Post put it. Meanwhile, on the same day in Alabama, a police officer acted hideously in a different way. One woman, Chiquisia Clemens was being arrested, which supposedly entails being thrown onto the floor, threatening to break her arm, putting her hand on her throat and exposing her breast to the entire restaurant. What are you doing? About to break your arm, that's what I'm about. Throughout the footage, Clemens is repeatedly asking what she did wrong. Police say she had been drunk, disorderly, and threatened staff, while Clemens' lawyer says she was only trying to get a corporate phone number. The thing is, even if she had been harassing Waffle House staff, I'm pretty sure that multiple officers could have removed her without tossing her to the ground, threatening to break her arm and exposing her. And if they can't, then wow, do these officers need some retraining. Oh, but remember how I said there were four incidents? Well, that's just two. A few days after these incidents, a black customer said she was locked outside of a Waffle House in Alabama while they continued serving white customers. One white man even threatened her if she didn't leave. I am at Waffle House in Penson and they have the door locked and they have customers in here and they're saying that they're closed. The customers are eating. They're to be white- And as for the fourth gone. incident, that came on May 5th, 2018, when once again, police acted extremely aggressive towards a black customer. Get, hands Get off hands off out hands me. I'm glad I'm recording this. He's not supposed to be doing that. He's not supposed to be doing that. Get your hands oh, hi, off hi, me. Hi. Get your hands off me. Yeah, Get I'm your hands off me. Anthony Wall, the young man in the tuxedo, was bringing his younger sister to prom that night a Waffle House employee allegedly seated their party at a table that hadn't been cleaned and they got into an argument. The employees escalated the situation by calling the police despite the fact that police should be able to de-escalate these types of conflicts, they obviously did not. It's so important to recognize that these fights have become deadly before. In 2019, a man was shot to death at a Waffle House after using racial slurs, and one employee has defended himself with a gun. These aren't a few drunk idiots throwing punches or pancakes, So many of these arguments have been sparked or fueled by racism. Sometimes it feels like the employees could have easily prevented this by having a shred of decency and not treating any of their customers differently because of the color of their skin. Other times when police officers are called, it seems like their inherent biases are made plain for all the world to see. Waffle House has to do better because discrimination can be and is deadly. So now that we've talked about the customers and how they're treated badly, what about the workers? Are they treated any better? Today we want to show you different situations to better reinforce what is not allowed under our sexual harassment and Smart Start policies. Hey Becky, how's it going? I'm fine, thanks. Hey, let me help you with that. I've got it, thanks. Hey Becky. Hey, can you just- Hey. Can you excuse, can you excuse me, please? Excuse me? Let me preface this by saying that not every Waffle House is the same. If you've had a great experience eating or even working there, then I think that's fantastic. However, enough employees and former employees have been treated poorly that this chain clearly has a bit of an issue. For one, back in 2009, management downright ignored claims of sexual harassment. Two women said that a cook on the night shift touched them without their consent and repeatedly made sexual comments toward them. Despite making numerous complaints, management did not take appropriate corrective action. I know that management isn't often treated well by corporate either, and they're very often underpaid for running the entire restaurant. I've spoken about this in the Panera episode, but even with that said, there's no excuse for ignoring this. It's as simple as a write-up for the first time, then firing the next, or contacting corporate to file the incident. Of all things to be too busy to bother with, this is not it. Other bosses have allegedly been, quote, racist pieces of crap and are downright blatant with the garbage way that they treat employees. One post on Complaints Board describes a situation in which a woman worked for multiple Waffle Houses for about 14 years. She didn't have a problem with the other chains, but at her most recent job, her boss would only hire friends and family. These workers were allegedly drunk, high, out of uniform, flirty, and often received complaints about poor service. But the boss did, drumroll please, Nothing. Another user hilariously named Deadly Waffle wrote, quote, if you are an hourly associate being told you have a chance at a career, they are lying to you. Even if you do achieve getting into management programs, there will always be a stigma on your career that you were once an employee. Jordan N. in 2015 said Waffle House was only meant for drug addicts. And numerous complaints say that they had to deal with regular drug use at the restaurant, stealing and unprofessional behavior. And no, none of this should be news to the chain either. Employees being so overworked and underpaid isn't something that only exists on complaint boards. It's made national headlines too. A few years ago, a lone employee, Ben, who worked at an Alabama Waffle House location was so swamped that customers actually rushed to help him. And Waffle House question here, do you not find that embarrassing? One employee to cook the food, serve it and wash the dishes. I think that's a bit ridiculous. Apparently two other employees had been there to help him but they left and their replacement workers never showed up. And yes, miscommunications do happen. Scheduling can get messy. And if it weren't for Waffle House consistently treating employees poorly, this might just be a feel good story of how customers came to Ben's aid during a busy shift. Instead, this story is one example of a chain that consistently and perpetually fails its workers. Like how in 2018, Waffle House was sued for failing to pay its employees overtime. For this particular lawsuit, multiple cooks came forward stating that they'd put in more than 40 hours and were not paid for that extra work. Years prior to this lawsuit, managers did the exact same thing, allegedly working 80 to 100 hours a week, filling in for cooks and servers, but not receiving overtime pay. In yet another suit, one Waffle House allegedly paid tipped employees a sub-minimum wage rate without, quote, satisfying strict federal requirements for doing so. Unfair background check procedures that don't provide proper disclosures and firing an employee for opposing race-based harassment by customers have also been the subject of lawsuits. Seriously, from managers to entry-level employees to average customers, anyone can be the subject of awful treatment at a Waffle House, apparently. I guess in that regard, they really are an equal opportunity employer. They treat everyone equally with an equal amount of disdain. Oh, and I'm sure it will come as no surprise that Waffle House continued this treatment during the pandemic too. Although they did recognize it as a serious situation, even becoming a code red based on the FEMA index we mentioned, the money they lost was taken from already struggling employees. Stores were closed, salaries were cut, and employees were let go. While everyone did face a similar horror story during the early COVID days, many workers were being paid less despite having to work harder. Some needed to sanitize surfaces every hour, pick up more duties, only to then lose their benefits. No vacation pay, bonuses, or maternity leave. this added up to employees feeling betrayed by a company whose founding principle is, we aren't in the food business, we're in the people business. You know, I'd be really curious to see if the CEO or other executives took pay cuts too. After all, if Waffle House was trimming the fat off their bacon and their paychecks, there's a lot more money in those higher ups pockets than there is in their employees. But let's say you're not deterred. You don't care how customers or workers are treated. Well, I still can't in good conscience anymore recommend Waffle House. Not after hearing about what it is that they serve. Anybody who's been to a Waffle House already know that they failing their health inspection. This ain't news. What you going to tell me? Water is wet. Next. I know they failed their health inspection. i seen the chef. Chef in my Waffle House was scrambling the eggs with his fingers. He didn't even have yeah, no it's true. Of, I don't think anyone himself has himself ever walked into a Waffle House and said how clean the place, place is. is. The grease is almost a part of the chain's charm at this point, and while I'm not saying that you should be able to lick the floors, you definitely should feel confident that you're not going to get sick. Some waffle houses can't even say that much, as reports have shown that employees haven't washed their hands before preparing food. Some food items were also held for longer than a week in reach-in coolers that were not properly cleaned, meaning who knows what could be festering back there. Another location in Ackworth, Georgia, failed inspection two years ago because of cockroaches, gnats, molds in their ice maker, and expired milk. Cold winter morning, but waffle batter wasn't the only thing cooking in the kitchen at this local restaurant. The state shut down the eatery twice in 2011 for roach activity, and inspectors documented food temperature violations in every full inspection. The whole place needed a deep cleaning, according to the inspector, and the filth had even driven customers away. Accidents may happen, Maybe a difficult week without cleaning goes by and one batch of waffle batter isn't as cool as it should be. But the fact is that this is a recurring problem with this dirty waffle house, and that's extra disgusting. It says loud and clear that whoever owns or manages the spot does not care about their customer's health, or at best, they don't comprehend how sick someone can get from these types of violations. Again, I'd like to believe this is ignorance and not maliciousness, but how many times do they need it spelled out for them? Dozens of roaches, slime in the ice machine, food not being date marked. If you don't see why that's a problem, maybe you don't run a restaurant. They were even temporarily closed for this twice because I suppose once wasn't enough either. And this is what inspectors have seen, but customers have posted clips of various locations for quite some time now. When you've got a busy Waffle House that's open 24 hours a day, it can be hard to deep clean. But the fact that there's this much buildup that so many waffle houses are this neglected and filthy, I think that's a chain-wide issue, not a single one-off situation. Like, come on, how many times do they need to be featured on dirty dining or infested with flies to realize that they need better regulation? While I do think that the managers and workers should do everything possible to keep their store clean, corporate should share some of the blame here. It's up to them to ensure that they're supplying each chain with the proper training and knowledge of how to keep up good hygiene standards. And when you're open 24/7, maybe corporate can release a set of guidelines to work from, you know, like how to clean one area of a grill at 2 a.m. if it's slow, and then maybe another at 4 a.m. or rotate sections or something. There is a way to do it. They're just choosing to apparently not give that information out. Now, I haven't worked at a Waffle House before, but I have worked in food service before. And I don't know specifically to Waffle House what would be the most effective method but whatever method they do have clearly is not working for them. As much as I'd like to hope that they get themselves together and are able to clean up these locations, both figuratively and literally, that doesn't seem likely. In an ironic twist, Waffle House is typically expected to be dirty too. So when they are clean, they also go viral for that. And I think that's actually very sad. And truthfully, I have had that same experience. I've walked into a waffle house, and when it's been like really clean and spick and span, I'm almost a little shocked. Like I'm like, what is this? Are we okay? Is this an alternate dimension? What is going on here? And truthfully, when you, you know, think about that for more than just a second, that's bad. That's like really bad. I guess if you're going to eat at a waffle house, make sure it's the one in Youngsville, unless you like them classic, I suppose, as some do. quote, Cleanest Waffle House I've ever seen, Jimmy Otis wrote on Facebook. No gold teeth present, no cigarettes lit, no signs of knowing how to fight. Everybody looks nice. And are those smiles I see? Thanks, but no thanks, I'll have to pass. Another comment read, quote, it's too clean in there. I need my Waffle House to threaten and build up my immune system simultaneously. I mean, apparently, is it even a Waffle House if you don't need to get a tetanus shot afterward? I'm kidding, but kind of. But this still, unfortunately, is not the end of our Waffle House saga, not quite anyway. But before we take a quick moment to thank today's sponsor, I just wanna say that if you don't like these ads or any of the ads that get kind of placed in throughout this episode randomly or whatever, make sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Illuminati. There you'll be able to have access to bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, Q and A chats, and so much more. Make sure to check it out at patreon.com slash Illuminati. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Now, everyone's been feeling the impacts of inflation. I know I have, you know, gas, eggs, whatever. I know the prices have come down a little bit, but it's still way higher than I think it needs to be. And the reality is with prices this high, when you do find a deal or get to save a little bit here and there, it's kind of a relief at this point. It's not even super exciting. It's just like, oh, thank God. It means I can now use a little bit of extra money to buy this other thing. Well, thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes online is a thing of the past. And that's because Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. And it's super easy. You just shop on one of your favorite sites like you do, and then at checkout the Honey button appears and all you do is click apply coupons. You just wait a couple seconds as Honey searches for coupons. And if it finds a working one, you'll watch prices drop. Now, I really don't think I can ever let go of the time, what is it, a month ago now, that Honey found me the 40% off coupon on pizza. Like, when the hell does that happen? Almost 50% off, a 40% off coupon, that's freaking crazy. But Honey did it, and truthfully, the coupon that I found because I got like a little email, you know, and it was like a 20% off coupon. So I was like vibing already, but then Honey was like, actually, what if we doubled that? And I was like, wow, thank you. And great news if you don't want to be on your desktop, Honey also works on your iPhone. You just activate it on Safari on your phone and you can save on the go. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. So get Honey for free at joinhoney.com casket. Again, that's joinhoney.com casket. The Fulton County jury has found a housekeeper and two lawyers not guilty of unlawful surveillance for making a sex tape of former Waffle House CEO, Joe Rogers Jr. Now, before we we go, I just had to mention the Waffle House sex tape tape scandal. And I know I said that very casually and a few of you are probably like, I'm sorry, the what? And yes, I mean exactly that. I really couldn't ignore this just because of how bizarre it was and just because it's just another thing to add to the shit sandwich, honestly. Now, typically when you hear about the CEO being involved in a sex tape scandal or something with their housekeeper, you'd assume that he may have recorded them having sex without their knowledge. Seeing a misogynistic old white male CEO exploit women just seems to be the norm. But this case takes a bit of an unusual turn. Instead, his housekeeper, My Brooke Brindle, is the one that actually made the recording and threatened to distribute it unless he paid her. So a little bit of the classical blackmail. Bindle said that she made the recording as well as 16 others to show that CEO Rogers was sexually harassing her. She hired attorneys who demanded $12 million for her client. But according to Georgia law, both parties need to consent to a sex tape being filmed. Rogers clearly hadn't turning this whole thing into an even weirder mess. The thing is Rogers does seem to acknowledge that he did act inappropriately at first. He paid Bindle for massages not long after hiring her in 2003. And slowly but surely, the massages started including sexual services. However, Bindle said that she never wanted this and quote, tried every way under the sun to stop them. It's truly difficult to say if this is the case because in her own tape, everything appears very consensual. And yes, it is possible that Bindle felt pressured. And yes, there is a power dynamic at play. This is an employer-employee situation. Rogers is still gross for asking an employee for a massage and cheating on his wife all the same. The power dynamic alone is a massive problem here. But because Bindle recorded Rogers without his consent, the court seemed to think that this sort of canceled itself out. And it's tricky to say what a proper consequence would actually be here. And I do think that's ultimately really shitty. I know that laws are in place to protect us and stop frivolous lawsuits and you know, whatever, whatever the courts are up to. But I'm just like, I don't think that one really cancels out the other like this. I just don't, maybe it's just me, but that's just my opinion. I just don't think that is entirely fair. But hey, what do I know? Life is literally not fair. I think personally, I guess I just feel that Waffle House is really dirty to its core. And it's sad because Waffle House is a place I actually, I can't say I enjoyed going to it, but I've literally been to a Waffle House maybe just a couple months ago, maybe what, six, seven, eight months ago. And I don't know after doing all this research if I can really look at them the same. It really comes down to, I mean, just the way they treat their customers, their employees, their store, and then, you know, just sprinkle in the CEO's behavior. It's just all really grimy. But maybe if you're drunk at 3 a.m. and looking for a waffle in a fight, you won't really mind it. But with all of that being said, that's where we're going to end today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date with all the latest episodes. As always, I really appreciate the time you spent here with me today. I know there's a million and a half things you could be doing and yet you're here. So thank you very much. That is very cool. As always, thank you so much for joining me and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.